This is D23 Inside Disney. We are going to take you through some of the best Disney stories of the week, get you an inside look at the people behind the magic of Disney. I'm Candace from Radio Disney. I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. And I'm Jeffrey from D23. And we're the hosts that will take you inside Disney. Sherry! Jeffrey! It's good to hear your voice. It's good to hear you, but it's sad to not hear Candace this week. Yes, Candace is just too busy making Radio Disney Magic, so we're going to have to grill her on who she is interviewing that is more important than chatting with us. Uh, How dare she, but I totally get it. (laughs) I mean, it's probably someone way cooler. So, I mean, at least cooler than me. It's hard to come by cooler than you. Mm. Oh, same goes to you. So what have you been up to this week? Okay, Jeffrey. I know we talked about this on the show last week, and I was dying to watch it. Supermarket Sweep premiered, and it is <laughs> insane in the best way. I like yes. couldn't stop laughing when I was watching it. Leslie Jones is hilarious as the host, and watching all these contestants run around the store, and their shopping carts are tipping over, and they've got these giant inflatables, and there's so much at stake. Oh my gosh. I haven't felt this riveted in who knows how long. It's basically the AFV of game shows. It is like <laughs> so much physical comedy, and I just love all the contestants. I want all of them to win. Aww. <laughs> That is fun. We've got to figure out a way to get on that show. A team of three. (laughs) Ooh. We'll have to talk to producer Bruce about figuring out how we can manage that. So would love that. Jeffrey, what have you been up to? Watching a lot of Disney Plus as normal. I'm all caught up on the right stuff, which is perfect because as you know, you and I had the chance to talk with the fantastic Colin O'Donoghue and Patrick Fischler, who are both on the right stuff. And who both yes. also happen to have been on my favorite show, Once Upon a Time. Woo! They uh, are hilarious together. <laughs> and they revealed some things about Once Upon a Time and the right stuff that I think surprised all of us. Definitely. Well, let's get into the Disney news this week. There's so much great stuff. Starting yes. off with Raya and the Last Dragon, the Ugh. newest film from Walt Disney Animation Studios. It looks so 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 good this week we got not only a poster and a motion poster but also a trailer yes and all three are just epic i cannot wait the colors are just it's beyond beyond yes yeah and the animation looks so cutting edge like the rain in the motion poster especially looks like so realistic i don't know how these animators so you open an umbrella in your house Yeah, basically. (laughs) So Raya and the Last Dragon, it's going to be in theaters March 2021. And Raya is voiced by the incredible Kelly Marie Tran. And we get the dragon, Aquafina. Yes! Uh, What a cast. Well, in other huge, huge news, we learned that John M. Chu is set to direct Warwick Davis as he returns in Willow, the series for Disney+. So, quick refresher, George Lucas, Epic Adventure, Send the Age of Swords, Sorcery Myths, Monsters, returning in a Disney Plus series that is going to begin production next year. Cannot wait. Warwick Davis, I mean, I I don't feel like they could have done it without him, but I'm so happy he is a part of it. So, yeah, very exciting. Well, I've got some news from a galaxy far, far away. 
The Mandalorian special look trailer debuted this week on ESPN's Monday Night Football. And woo, looks like a ride. So in the special look, we see some cool glimpses of a snow planet. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the child. And Jeffrey, I challenge you to name a more epic babysitting story than Mandalorian (laughs) season two. I mean, I did like the adventures in babysitting on Disney Channel DCOM with Sabrina Carpenter. But yeah, this is probably, probably more epic. Yeah, it scratches the same itch, I think. Well, the new season of The Mandalorian debuts on Disney Plus October 30th, which is next week already. I can't believe it. And the special look video is now on Star Wars YouTube. Well, speaking of the galaxy far, far away... Although much tinier and made of little toys. <laughs> Very excited. Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. We've been talking about it. I was a huge fan of the 1978 special, the Star yes. Wars Holiday Special, which introduced fans to Life Day. They'd made some casting announcements. So could not believe it. But Kelly Marie Tran, Billy Yay. D. Williams, and Anthony Daniels are coming back to reprise their roles from the live action films and Star Wars Clone Wars vets, Matt Lanter, Tom Kane, James Arnold Taylor, and Dee Bradley Baker are going to be voicing characters as well. My head nearly exploded when I saw that. Very excited. <laughs> I can't wait. I cannot wait for that. I, I love the Star Wars holiday special. I am quite certain I will love the Lego Star Wars holiday special. Mm-hmm. Now also in the stars, But a little bit closer to home, National Geographic is premiering the real right stuff on Disney Plus on Friday, November 20th. So that comes three days after Star Wars. But again, we're we're keeping it. We're looking up to the stars. Lots of stars. (laughs) These stars were the original Mercury 7. And and this documentary is telling their remarkable true story. They're using hundreds of hours of archival footage and radio broadcasts and interviews and home movies and never before seen content to really transport the viewer back to the 1950s. Cool. Cannot wait for that. It's going to be a great compliment to the right stuff, which we've, of course, been talking about a lot. And Patrick and Colin coming up on the show. Now, not quite as high up as the astronauts went. See, where, <laughs> Sherry, you see, this was like, the, the way we planned this, we were in a galaxy far, far away to our own yeah, galaxy, but in the stars. Very spatial. And now we're just... <laughs> Now we're just hitting the clouds. Nice. We're coming Um, closer to Earth. (laughs) Closer to Earth. Closer to Earth. You know, I used many, many, many Kleenex watching the Disney Plus movie Clouds. It was Mm. so good, so touching. And Zach Sobiek's story is just remarkable. Everyone needs to tune in. And hey, who knows? Maybe we'll have some of those stars coming up on the show. But anyway, in other news, the single hit number one on iTunes for the second time in seven years. And I believe it is the first time ever that an independently released single has hit number one twice on iTunes. So pretty amazing. amazing. Watch that movie. It's all the feels. It's a lot of feels. Well, Jeffrey, now that you've brought it back down to earth, I've got some news for all the earthlings out there (laughs) (laughs) truly an intergalactic show (laughs) well magical moments are materializing at shanghai disney resort now through november 1st 
I have got a whole list of not-so-frightful, very delightful Halloween offerings. Starting with Halloween Days of Spooktacular, it is a two-day ticketed event Halloween party on the 30th and the 31st and includes not one, not two, but five different party zones throughout Shanghai Disneyland. I mean, and Sherry, we know you love a party zone. I do. And, and what I love more than a party zone is a dance party. And there is a dance party called This is Halloween Dance Party. And in it, guests are invited to wear costumes. There is a costume contest. And what is super cool about this is the winner of the contest is going to be invited to ride in the Grand Marshal vehicle at the front of the nighttime pre-parade. Like, can you imagine having that view as a guest? That's so cool. That is very cool. Nights are capped off with a Halloween Villains fireworks show complete with Villains projections and fire effects and cool music. I mean, everything. Also, there will be some beloved or, depending on how you think of them, behated Disney villains that will be making appearances on the Enchanted Storybook Castle balcony, which is Ooh, sounds I like very behated. dramatic. Behated is my new favorite word. Thank you. I made it up myself. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell. Keep going. Yeah. All right. Well, what about the food is probably what you're asking yourself. It's definitely what I'm asking myself. Don't worry. Il Paparino is whipping up a Halloween Donald waffle with pumpkin flavored ice cream. That sounds so good. A Donald pumpkin flavored ice cream waffle cone. I mean, all of the Donald pumpkin things will be here. <laughs> And the Royal Banquet Hall is hosting a delightfully delicious four-course Halloween menu, too. But on top of all the food and all the fun, there are four new merchandise collections that are also available celebrating the Halloween season. Don't forget to check out the Everything Halloween page at the Disney Parks blog to see photos and videos of all of this and more Halloween surprises. That's a lot of Halloween. It is. Well, as you know, Disney has had a long-lasting relationship with Make-A-Wish, dating back 40 years, and although in-person wish experiences have been temporarily suspended, new ways have been created to continue granting wishes, and Disneyland recently granted Make-A-Wish's 500,000th wish. So Whoa. incredible. Yeah, what was the wish? Yeah. What was the wish? So the wish came from 16-year-old Karina, whose memories of fun and laughter at summer camp wished to give kids a day to forget their sick, collaborating with Make-A-Wish to create a virtual camp called Camp Karina. And it was actually a day-long camp streamed on YouTube that included a magic show, a science class, story time, and all sorts of Disney surprises. I mean, Aww. seemingly every part of the Walt Disney Company helps Make-A-Wish grant life-changing wishes, and they all got involved in granting Karina's wish. A couple of things that happened were Walt Disney Animation Studios hosted a Frozen-inspired drawing class featuring a professional animator and the one and only Josh Gad. Oh Yeah. On top of that, ESPN worked with the NBA to put 32 Wish Kids, including Karina, in the virtual stands for Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals. For the first time, a specialty Walt Disney World Resort license plate is available for purchase for Florida-registered car owners in honor of the resort's 50th anniversary, and proceeds from the license plate are going to go to Make-A-Wish of Central and Northern Florida. That's so cool. And yeah. you can read more about both of these things at the Disney Parks blog, our great mm -hmm. friends there. Now, Sherry, you know what time it is. Oh my gosh. I look forward to this time every week. What time is it? 
It's time for five fantastic things to watch this weekend, courtesy of our friends at D23, the official Disney fan club. For complete details and full information about the programming, visit D23.com. First up, <laughs> Sherry, what do we have? <laughs> Behind door um, number one. <laughs> door number one is Shark Tank. There is a Ooh. new episode on Friday. You should take October. a bite out of that show. Okay, I need to stop. <laughs> I need to stop. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think you need to stop. This is great. Okay, new episode <laughs> of Shark Tank on Friday, October 23rd on ABC. We're going to hear some pitches for some really strange and or wonderful things like an eco-friendly alternative to collecting dog poop. Okay, why is it you You always get animal poop? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do I gravitate toward that or does that gravitate toward me? We'll never know. Oh, both statements could be true. <laughs> Well, coming up also on Friday is a new episode of The Right Stuff. And for those who have not been watching, it's great. It's such compelling, good television. So tune in, Disney Plus, Friday, October 23rd for episode four. Well, the next day on Saturday, October 24th, there will be a special episode of Photo Arc at 10 p.m. on Nat Geo. We talked about this last week, Nat Geo photographer Joel Sartori. Again, if you aren't following him on Instagram, you got to do it. He's got some incredible animal photography. It's like mm. truly the stuff of Instagram dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was fun. I know we've talked about it, but we ran some of those photos in Disney 23 magazine, which is what our gold members receive earlier this year. And really, really cool. Mm -hmm. On Sunday, we have a new episode of Card Sharks on ABC, hosted by the hilarious Joel McHale. And also on Sunday, we have the season finale of Marvel's Spider-Man Maximum Venom on Disney XD. And shout out to our pal, former guest on our show, Meg Donnelly from Zombies Ooh. to An American Housewife, who is a guest voice on the show. So tune in to that. Of course. For Disney, Patrick Fischler has appeared on Lost, Pushing Daisy, Scandal, Grey's Anatomy, Castle, and Fresh Off the Boat. He also guest starred as the author on a little show on ABC called Once Upon a Time, where he first met Colin O'Donoghue, who played the dashing and sometimes dastardly Captain Hook. Together they star in the exceptional new Disney Plus National Geographic series, The Right Stuff. Please welcome Patrick Fischler and Colin O'Donoghue. Hey. Hey, how are you? What time is it, Colin? It is uh, four minutes past five in the evening here. Okay, okay. Eight hours, yeah. got it. Eight hours, yeah. <laughs> Ma math is hard. I know, but I did that quick. You did. That's I'm true. Very, I know, yeah. I'm chugging coffee over here, which I don't think I would do at five in the evening. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you have, you have been to Ireland before, Patrick, so you should, you should know. That is true. Thank you, Colin. <laughs> so, Patrick and Colin, you've both gone from playing fictional characters on Once Upon a Time to real people in the right stuff. Do you approach that differently? Uh, yes. Yes and no. Playing a, a real-life person is very different than playing a 900-year-old pirate. But, uh, <laughs> I, well, Patrick can correct me. Um, I came in quite late, so I was only four days before we started shooting. So I could only really go off what was on the script. So in that respect, you kind of... It sort of freed me up a little bit because I didn't have to be as reverential to playing somebody exact to the way that they moved or, or all that kind of stuff. So, you you know, then you sort of do what actors do and work on the scenes and the script as written. And luckily for us, the pilot was one of the best scripts, certainly that I've ever read. Um, I don't know about you, Patrick, but it is quite different, though. It's different than talking about magical coconuts and pixies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say that for me it was vastly different because you know with a fictional character 
the script is what you have. And with this, I, I wanted to honor this guy by reading as much as I could about him and finding out what other people said about him. Because I always think that's kind of the best way to play anyone anyways, mm-hmm. even in a fictional sense. When you mm-hmm. read a script, you read what other people say about that character. Bob Gilruth was hard to find a lot of information on, but I did a lot of research. and But I also, I had the time and the luxury of... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I definitely would have... Well, as soon as in within those four days, I tried to cram in as much as I could about Gordo, but four days is quite limited. So exactly, yeah, mm-hmm. I had like a couple of weeks. I was like, you know, jumping in, but uh, but you know, you can only do so much at the same time. You know, you yeah. can only yeah. it's it's basically it's me up there. It's not Bob Gilbert. So just research. That's the key. Was there something that surprised you when you were doing your research about your character or your, or the person you're playing? I'd never heard of him before. So from the jump, from the second I got this part, I had to really (laughs) figure out who he was. But I think what surprised me probably the most was how calm he was, how calm he was described by everybody. That in these insane times and what he was trying to do to be able to keep a face of calm says a lot about a person. Hmm. Colin, anything surprised you about Gordo? I, I had read the uh, the book of the right stuff, so I kind of knew a little bit about him. Um, I was a bit surprised about his sort of marital issues and the problems at home. They sort of lived essentially, you know, a secret life behind the scenes so that they you couldn't be separated or couldn't be divorced and be even, in the, I think, in the Air Force and certainly not join the, the space program. So that was kind of surprising to me that they kind of, pursued that and lived that life up until he left NASA, which was during, like was mid the Apollo program. So that's a long time. I was surprised. I thought that was really interesting. And I thought it was great that they got into that, particularly that Gordo's wife was a pilot. I thought that was all very interesting to learn all of that. I think it's certainly one of the more interesting things. It's certainly one of the more different things on this version of the right stuff than the movie, let's say. I think we explore more of the behind the scenes, the lives of these astronauts, as opposed to more of a heroic tale. Do you know what I mean? It's, all, it's exposing what really is going on behind the scenes with them. So Colin, we now are at this moment getting to hear your lovely natural voice. But um, <laughs> so what is harder and or more fun doing an English accent as Hook or the Oklahoma accent as Gordo? <laughs> well, they're both equally fun. I mean, they're both quite different. Well, a lot of people, I suppose, maybe don't hear that much of a difference between the English accent and the Irish one but uh, what I found fun about doing the Oklahoma accent was I just sort of had to throw myself into it and it's kind of one of those things where you're nervous that I just don't want to sound in any way kind of Irish because if if I was then I think that would really take away from people watching it they'd really sort of go well he's not American and you know my performance is probably weak enough as it is so they don't need to be taken out of it by a bad American accent but uh, uh, <laughs> no it's fun I, I just always loved doing accents ever since I was a kid you know I used to walk around the house trying to do different accents and you know it's different because we grew up watching American movies and American TV so that sort of you know music is already in my head if that makes sense can I just say without complimenting Colin too much because <laughs> We like to play a game where we act like we don't like each other. <laughs> the first table read, I remember he'd just gotten to Orlando and the accent was there right away. And I was so impressed because I thought, 
God, man, that's hard. It's hard enough for, you know, me, but for him to make that Irish bro go away and, and be this Southern guy, I was really impressed. So that's the last thing nice I'm saying. Thank you, Patrick. I'll take it. That's going to be taken out of the podcast, actually. <laughs> You've exposed us now as uh, actually liking each other. So, it's actual uh, friends, I know. Have it on it's actual friends. <laughs> well, Patrick, while, while it is obviously acting, we're going to assume, your character can be pretty harsh mm-hmm. when he like eviscerates that kid who brings in the list in the first episode. Mm-hmm. What's it like for you to play a character like that? Well, I mean, I, I do it a lot. Yeah, I guess he's harsh on Lenny in that moment, but the stakes are so high. So when stakes are high, you know, as all of us, like we want our pilot flying our plane to be harsh with the co-pilot if he's doing something wrong because it's life or death. And that's kind of how I looked at this because what these guys were trying to do is incredibly hard, incredibly serious. And I think in that moment, it was sort of his way of schooling him. You know, Mm -hmm. I love doing stuff like that. If I can find a reason for it, it makes it easier. And in that moment, it felt actually very easy and called for. So there are some funny moments in the show, but overall, the show is pretty dramatic. Did either of you do anything to lighten the mood when you were on set? Uh, uh, Colin? <laughs> did I? Did, did I, I? I don't know if I am. Um, I mean, I guess I'm just sort of naturally witty. I, I probably is. Uh... <laughs> Patrick, do you have any thoughts on Colin being naturally witty? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plead the fifth on that one. Uh, I don't know. I think I think in general we sort of, as a, as a group, as a you know, a cast in general, we all were very very close and got on really well. So any time we were on set together, there was always some sort of banter. Speaking to that, I mean, having done a lot of TV shows as we both have, like this was a very special group of people. Yeah, and it really was. I've been in this business a long time, and it doesn't come like this a lot. And we're all still friends. We hung out there all the time. Colin's house rental was somewhere where we all spent a lot of time. And often on set, there were just practical jokes, which sometimes annoy me. (laughs) But they really didn't this time, you know, with whatever was left in people's trailers or jokes that were, you know, it was pretty consistent. (laughs) Uh Exactly, Colin. It happened from the jump. That's what I'll say. It was a weird, I'd say from the first night we all went out, we all just clicked and we all made each other laugh. And so it never felt overly serious ever. It was the opposite. It was always fun. Yeah. I mean, I have to agree with Patrick there. Oftentimes you hear people say that about shows, how incredibly close they were and and sometimes they're pretending, but uh, definitely in this instance, you know, because we'd all left our respective partners our families, our friends up sticks and basically spent five months in Orlando together and, we really did become very close and you know when it comes to like having fun on set and stuff i mean it's very easy when you've got people like aaron staten who's just one of the funniest people (laughs) do you know what i mean Um, yeah ever and you just laugh constantly so it really was a a wonderful time with a wonderful Mm -hmm. cast five months in orlando sounds like most disney fans dreams um that's so funny (laughs) we did all go to disney world together we we hit all four parks in one day Ooh, what? One day. Yeah. One day. One day. Yeah. Please. Yes, Colin, please tell us more. Or, or Patrick. <laughs> it had been brewing for a little bit and it was pretty insane. Uh, it's a lot to do all four. 
in one day and three of us, Patrick Adams and, and Jake and I all bought our Jedi outfits and basically wore them for the whole day, for, starting from the <laughs> Star Wars uh, Galaxy's Edge. And uh, yeah, it was great. It was pretty amazing, I have to say. I love Disney World. I love Disneyland. I am a fanatic of rides and my daughter came as well for a week and we hit all the parks together. I mean, I must have gone four times to each park while we were down there. Am I wrong, Patrick? I think that you got recognized, didn't you, in I Disney did. World? Yeah, I, I often get Disney Worlded. But, but I, <laughs> did somebody stop you for being on Once Upon a Time? Yes, on Once Upon a Time, yeah. It's usually just like a, a general stop, but I got Once Upon a Time and you didn't have your facial hair and, and you I were standing with and me. I was, I was uh-huh. standing right beside Patrick. Uh-huh. And I took. The, yeah. I, th- I think I took the picture for you. I think uh-huh. I took oh, the you... picture that they wanted to get. <laughs> you did. You did. That was amazing. I did. And I, yes. Oh my gosh! I forgot that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> did you? Did either of you tell them? No, we let them walk away. No. I think. No. Oh my gosh. That well, is amazing. It's, it's funny because I great? didn't have my beard or anything. I just looked completely different. So yeah, it was. You look I do, so I, different. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. But, in fairness, my hair was white, which also is different. That's mm, true. But I, but my face is the same, pretty, pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> so, speaking of Once Upon a Time, why do you think Once fans are going to really love the right stuff? Because because me and Patrick in. are in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, I, that think, was I think it's. Um, no. I mean, I think it's it's just a story, and it's it's a story that is so inspirational. I think you know these guys; they had no idea what was going to happen to them if they did go into space, and you know they were willing to sit on top of a nuclear rocket and get sent up. It was the beginning of uh, you know NASA was the beginning of something really special. So I think just the story in, on its own, I think people should be you know, inspired by it and would want to watch it. And it's also, it's just really, really good. It's really well written and, you know, it looks amazing. It brings you back to into the early 60s, you know, late 50s, early 60s. And you really do feel like you're you're there, which um, as an Irish person, that to me is pure Americana. You know, you see those cars mm-hmm. and the, the old Coke bottles and all that kind of stuff. You know, a big thing for Once fans, Once had a similar thing of, being a show that you could watch with all ages and have fun. And this is not like a lot of shows on TV. I watched this with my 11-year-old daughter and with my wife's parents who are in their 80s, and we all watched it together, and we all loved it. And I think that is a rare thing to have, and that's similar to Once. That was a show mm-hmm. you could you know, have kids watch and sort of adults and parents and everybody enjoy it. And that's something that I think a lot of Once fans will respond to, being able to watch with your kids and have a fun time. There's just not a lot of shows like that. Well, while we're talking about Once Upon a Time, so it's been a few years since the show ended, but do you guys have a favorite memory from making the show? There are so many for me. You know, that show, it was so special and became such a big part of my my life. Probably one of my favorite memories is, it's actually the first day that I filmed on, on it and was season two, episode four. And I was on a ship, a real life ship, dressed in black leather and eyeliner, doing a scene with Robert Carlyle. And I just thought, this is absolutely in Vancouver, you know. And I was thinking, this is absolutely insane. What what am, what am I doing here? Because Bobby was one of my all time heroes, you know, growing up here and and watching all of his movies and stuff like that. And it just the scale of it 
suddenly hit me, you know, um, we were out at sea with like a camera on a crane, you know, swinging back and forth and I'd never experienced anything like that. So that was probably, you know, I've just have so many, but that's one that would stand out because it was the first, my first experience on the show. Mm. It's funny. Mine feels similar, Colin, because it's about Bobby and Vancouver and just, I remember shooting something right in the first episode I did and it was with Bobby in the woods at night uh, and I was yeah. in some, whatever outfit I was wearing, which was crazy. And he's so incredibly good. I mean, he, as a person and an actor and mm-hmm. right away was like that. And I just remember feeling that this was special and the show had been on at that point for a while, but that was Bobby in Vancouver because the beauty of it is very similar. And sadly, Colin and I only worked together for about three hours in the entire yeah, but- eight episodes I did. That was it. Oh, wow. it. It was in my contract. I said, I will only spend three hours with Colin and that's it. See, and I heard Colin was really upset because he said he would only spend two hours. So uh-huh. yeah, exactly. I, know, right? I was the one who got shafted on that one. So, uh-huh. <laughs> Well, so both of these shows are now available on Disney Plus. Given the past few months, have either of you done any Disney Plus binging on your own? We just finished. I know we're late to the game. My daughter and I just finished Mandalorian, which we'd watched two of them and then loved it. And, you know, like everything, hadn't gone back to it. And we just last week watched the finale was amazing. Mm. So we crazy binged Mandalorian. Well, you're just in time for season two in a couple of weeks. <laughs> That's the other reason we did it, because we knew it was coming. We watch quite a bit of Disney Plus, because I've got my kids are seven and three. So we watch a lot of the movies and Pixar movies and stuff like that. I did watch The Mandalorian. And we actually started watching a couple of the uh, National Geographic shows, the vet shows. You know, is it like Dr. Paul or something? Like that? Yeah. We started watching that the other day. My son loves animals. Uh, yeah, yeah, we we watch it a lot. I totally forgot. Actually, our favorite show of, in the top five of the last year was on Disney Plus, the Imagineers documentary, the six oh, part. Oh, the Imagineering story. Yeah, we couldn't get enough of it. I've recommended it to everyone I know, and there hasn't been one person yet who hasn't been blown away by that show. It's fascinating. I thought I'd only be interested in sort of the early rides, but as it got even more to now, it got even better. It's mm-hmm. brilliant. Oh, I haven't watched that actually. I must watch oh, that. Colin, watch it today. Like when we get off, I'm serious. You're going to love it. It's six parts. It's great. <laughs> I will watch it. I'll, I'll report back to you. Oh, please, will you? But don't call me. Just text me. Text is fine. <laughs> Colin, you not only attended D23 Expo, I was lucky enough to be on stage with you when you sang at D23 Expo and you got to see your hook costume as part of the Walt Disney Archives exhibit. What was that yeah. all like for you? It was incredible to be in that big room with so many people who loved the show. It was pretty incredible. I was really nervous about singing my song because I hadn't intended to do it. It was Adam emailed me and asked me if I would do it. And I was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) You know, it's like, (laughs) oh, God. But, yeah, it was incredible. I've got to be honest, it was a real highlight for me with seeing my costume in with the Disney Archive stuff because, you know, it was all about pirates and to think that in some small way I'm a part of that in the sort of Disney lore now, I guess. And yeah, that was a pretty, pretty humbling thing, you know, because when you're working on a show like that, you never really think about stuff or, you know, you're so busy day in, day out. You don't even, you kind of even forget that people watch the show nearly, you know, and 
it's in those moments that you suddenly go, oh, wow, this is, this is bigger than, this is bigger than what I thought it was. <laughs> what song did you sing? We did a musical episode. Uh, second oh, last right. Season. Yes. Okay. I had a pirate sort of queen inspired song, which I signed the entire thing of on my own on the stage. <laughs> did you play guitar? No, no, no. I wish I could have. I could have hidden behind a guitar if I had it. Yeah. Um, no, I had to stand there and perform it like I, I actually <laughs> I was any good at it. But it was fun. It, well, I got a look of it. I got a round of applause. You were like a rock star. Everyone loved it. It was great. But then I got to do the next Disney 23, which was last year. Mm-hmm. Obviously with the right stuff, which was a completely different experience. So it was great to get to do the last two. And if you get what I'm doing there, I'm plugging in to say, I'll, I'll come to the next one. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're happy to have you. Patrick, you mentioned being a huge fan of Disney parks. So being from Los Angeles, did you go to Disneyland a lot growing up? I could not have possibly gone more <laughs> and still been able to pass classes in school. I went all the time, you guys. I really do love it. It's a weird thing how much I love it. And my daughter loves it like I love it. She's 11 and loves scary, scary rides. Like she'll do everything Ooh. anywhere at any of the parks. So I grew up just going all the time. I really mean it. I'm not exaggerating. Like it's sad that it's closed. I can't wait for coronavirus to be over and to be able to go to Disneyland again. And I really loved going to Disney World. I do have to say, having gone to a couple of parks with Patrick, he is very, very excitable in a theme park. Uh-huh. <laughs> knows, and it almost acts like the tour guide because he yes. knows him inside out. Uh, and plans out, no, we have to do Galaxy's Edge first, and then we have to do this next, because that's the natural way that you should do it. You know what I mean? He was, yeah, we, we, he was we were lucky enough that Disney gave us a guide. That's how we were able to do all the parks. And I just kept saying, hey, I have a suggestion. Can we just do these first, and then we'll go to that? It works better that way. And the guy was like, sure, you know this. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, Patrick, just so you know, we on the podcast are always joking that Jeffrey has a connection to pretty much all of our guests. It's called D23 Inside Disney, but it's basically D23 Inside Jeffrey's social network. <laughs> <laughs> but you've actually known him for about 30 years. What was he like in college at NYU? Exactly who he is now, I would say. I would say, <laughs> I mean, right, Jeff, Jeff, don't you kind of think that's accurate? I haven't thought about it quite like that. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, in your heart, in your, like, I'm changed, you're changed, we're obviously substantially older. But whenever I even communicate with you, it takes me back and feels the same. But I think that's maybe just college. I think a lot of people, you know, get locked into who they knew someone in college and they stay that. That could mm-hmm. be part of it. Yes. We weren't super, super tight mm-hmm. in college. But I always thought you were very nice. I feel like that has, you know, despite all the things that Colin has told me behind your back, (laughs) I really believe that you are still that good person. um, But it was a fun time then. That was a very different New York, that's for sure. Unbelievable. I can't even believe it. Uh, I lived there like in college. And then a couple of years ago, I did a show there for two years. And in those 25 years, it became a very different place. But... Hmm. It's funny. To me, you seem you seem very much the same, which is just sweet. You're such a sweet guy. Oh, Aww. that's like the nicest thing anyone has said to me, like even nicer than Sherry. And Sherry's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Well, we end every interview asking our guests what their favorite Disney memory is. And since both of you have done a lot with Disney, and Patrick, you've essentially grown up with Disneyland, it might be hard, but we're still going to ask you to pick. I have about 385 favorite memories, but I will go with the emotional one, which was the first time we took our daughter to Disneyland. Yeah. And I was able to pass on sort of how much I love it to her. And we waited. We did not take her when she was a baby. We didn't take her one, two, three. We took her for her fourth birthday Aww. when we felt like she could really understand and appreciate. That's how much Disney means to me is I wanted her to really understand it. And I'll never forget it. I mean, it was just heart opening just seeing her there and how much the magic in her eyes is the greatest thing. That's the greatest moment of Disney for me. Hmm. Try beating that, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, taking my two kids I've got quite a few. And I think, though, it's it goes back to me being a kid and the very first movie I remember seeing, and it was Sword in the Stone. I think it was a reissue of Sword in the Stone back in, I suppose I was maybe four or five years old. I was literally rolling in the middle of the aisle of the thing, laughing my head off. I don't have a great memory really for a lot of things, but I, I, I have a very specific image of seeing that movie as a, as a kid and it had a massive impact on me, you know, because I just fell in love with animation then. And, you know, that was something that I was considering doing for university and stuff, college. So yeah, I think that might be my favorite one, you know, apart from all the stuff you know, to do with Once Upon a Time or going to the parks and all that kind of stuff. I think that that's probably the one that sticks, sticks with me. That's nice. That is nice. I mean, Patrick still won, but it was very nice. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Jeffrey. <laughs> I could, I mean, I could talk about the time I was in Walt Disney's apartment in Disneyland. Oh, oh here we I'm go, not, you guys. Oh, I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> oh, can of worms. <laughs> We can see who can out-Disney the other. I could talk about the time my costume was in the Disney archives. But, oh, gosh, you, know. you guys, can we cut him off? Wait, time. And just to add insult to injury, Patrick, I'm sorry, but I was just down at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana where the archives has an exhibit right now, and they do have Maui's hook that I believe, Colin, you used on the show at some point. Yeah. From yeah. Moana. Oh, yeah. jeez. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're in another archives exhibit now. So Patrick, we need we need to catch you so up somehow. Two. So hold on um, a second. Hey Patrick, oh, that's no. two. No. That's two things that are to do with me in the archives. Oh, are you gosh. kidding me? I gotta go. I gotta go. What time is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both so much. It's great to hear both of your voices yeah. catch up and uh, hear about the right stuff and Once Upon a Time and to see who is the bigger Disney legend amongst you. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I'll doff my cap, cap there to Patrick. Definitely Patrick. He's, he was very, very passionate about the parks and stuff like that. So, yeah. <sighs> oh, Jeffrey, Sherry, thank you guys so much. That was, uh, that was a blast. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Jeffrey, what is your secret? You know, you know every guest before we interview them. And I always thought like, oh, he's worked at Disney for a long time. Maybe he's just met them through different, through ways of making magic. But you went to college with Patrick. <laughs> what are the 
chances. Um, yeah, kind of crazy. I don't know. I'm a people person, Sherry. What can I say? I like talking to people. I get to know <laughs> people. They come on the show. I don't know. Uh- <laughs> well, don't stop working your magic. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com. We'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic guest that I'm sure Jeffrey knows on an all new episode of D23 Inside Inside Disney. Disney.